0: Hello, I am Pastor Nicholas Wright of Covenant Love Christian Center. I invite you to join me now in the Word with Pastor Nick. The uh, first thing I'd like you to do is, if you would please, is uh, open your Bibles with me together. Uh, to Second um, Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. I want to... Um, I, I want to remind you of some things and encourage you as we get in the word this morning. Um, there is a lot of truth that has come out inside of this church over the years. And many of the things that we have looked at, especially since 2017, I just want to challenge you to, to bring back to your remembrance. And let the Holy Spirit help you. Um, a lot of you take Notes pretty copious at it. Of course, the messages are around if any of you ever want any of them, CDs. But I just want to encourage you to pay attention, close attention to those things that we have shared. Uh, I want to encourage you also and those of you online as well to be supportive of what goes on here. Um, Many of you may not know there's a whole lot of churches that are not open. (laughs) It's still not open. And we never shut down, and in Jesus' name, never will shut down. Did you heard me? Never will shut down. There's nobody on the face of this earth or in the universe that has any right to shut down what God is doing. And so we're not going to let it happen in Jesus' name. But you need to be supportive of that. Um, Those of you who are not in a church home, of course, these doors are always open. We don't try to take anyone from anyone else's church but you need fellowship don't fall into the trap of just thinking that you can do this thing online you need to interact with people you need to rub shoulders with people it's very important people were made to have relationships with people but especially people in the church we call the body of Christ and we have to have contact it's right if somebody needs prayer for healing you know, the Bible tells us that we have the right to lay hands on them. All right. So how are you going to do that if you social distance? It's a bunch of mess. So, you know, I just want to be supportive of what's going on here. And um, don't think church is going to be just some kind of normal church thing. I mean, we've always been unorthodox and it's not going to change. So, um, you know, just keep some of those things in mind. Uh, 2 Timothy 1 7 tells us, and I want to read from the Amplified translation with you this morning. Of course, we know King James says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. It reads this way from the Amplified For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving, and cringing and fawning fear, but He's given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. I might read that again. <laughs> okay. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving and cringing and fawning fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self control. Hallelujah. Now we're talking about how we're going to finish out 2020 and figuring out what's going on around us. (laughs) And we can figure out what's going on around us as we apply ourselves to knowledge and as we listen to the things that the spirit of God is saying to us. I was listening to someone And they made this statement, and I thought it was so cool. And he said, know the outcome and you'll see the journey. And it's kind of like almost in reverse of the way that the natural mind would think of things. You know, you think, okay, if I can see all the things that I'm supposed to go through on the journey, I'll get to the outcome. But he said, know the outcome (laughs) and uh, you'll see the journey. And so, if we are God's people, if we understand what's going on around us, what's happening spiritually, morally, if we have our, you know, our thermometer up, we can figure out what the end result is supposed to be, and then we know the pathway that we're supposed to be taking to get there. Now, I'll make this statement. There is a synergistic intermingling of our thinking, relationships, and nutrition that infects our entire constitution of life. Now, of course, we have 1 Thessalonians 5.23 up here. It says that the very God of peace sanctify you wholly and your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever goes on in our lives, we can talk about them in separate compartments, but they all are intermingled. Because we're not just someone with a spirit or who is a spirit being, nor are we someone that just has a mind and we just have a body. Nor are we those who just relate to other people, nor are we people who just eat and drink. All of these things folded together have something to do with what goes on in our lives. And so we've got to figure out how the interaction of these things. What we can do to to get the best out of them so that we are whole people. And that we last and go the distance and are able to fulfill the purposes that God has us here for. All of these things intermingled together are very, very important. All right. So spirit, soul and body. We have to realize that the, even the company that we keep, our relationships are important. All right. I, I'll tell you what. Let, let's look at first. excuse me. First uh, Corinthians, chapter 15, um, verse 33. Interesting scripture. Oh man, I went backwards. What'd you do that for? <laughs> Hang tight. All right. All right, 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three, And I'm going to read this with you from the Amplified Bible as well. King James says, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. All right, Amplified reads it this way. Do not be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships, communion associations, Corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and character. So we have to be, you know, cognizant of the kind of company that we keep all the time. Now, we have to go into the world. We have to touch people that don't know God. We can't just sit in church. We can't just be around Christians all the time. We've got to touch the lives of people that don't know God. But we cannot have communion with them. That's different. All right. Communion with them. If we're not mindful, will affect Our character and the way we carry our lives. You see? Now, so we we cannot disassociate ourselves with people that don't know God. We just can't have communion. All right? So he says here that, that that will affect our lives. Now, Proverbs 23, verses 19 through 21. Proverbs 23. 19 through 21. Hear thou, my son, and be wise and guide your heart in the way. Be not among winebibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. So we got to realize, all right. Whether it happens to be spirit, soul, body, relationships, food, we've got to do something about the toxicity in our lives. We got to deal with toxicity. If they're toxic people, we got to go. You say, "But I'm living with somebody who's toxic." Well, you got to challenge. God got to give you some wisdom. <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, you you've got to be you got to have wisdom from God because you if. if Toxicity is going to be getting on you, then you're going to have to cleanse yourself. All right. Now, I want to read and share this word that I received from the Lord. Tuesday, August 3rd, 2020. It's about 550 a.m. And I want to read this to you. There is a synergistic relationship of the food that one eats, what one drinks, how one thinks and the people one associates with. In the physical body, there are only two reasons for dis-ease. And being unhealthy, a lack of proper nutrition, and the abundance of toxicity. It's real simple. All right? So it is in your soul lives as my people. If there is lacking in your lives good quality word and fellowship time with me, inadequate nutrition, on a daily basis, it will lead to thinking that is toxic and unbalanced. If one continually consumes toxic food and drink and has continual fellowship with toxic people, proper focus for life will be lost. One must make adjustments in their fellowship with me and other people, nutrition, and the toxins must be flushed out in order for there to be health. All right? For us to have health in our thinking, we got to flush... Stinking thinking out. All right. We got to get rid of bad relationships. All right. We can't feed on things that are going to be toxic physically. This is a big problem, big challenge for people. But we have to make those adjustments in life if we're going to be whole. These things that are crazy affect, affect our thinking. We don't, many people don't realize it. Some people can't think straight because their gut's not working right. And some po- folks, they think, people will think that they've got Alzheimer's, you know, and they just may have gut problems. It's telling you the facts of lying. So we, it really behooves us to do everything we can to flush toxins out of our lives. I'm thinking about Ephesians 5.26 talks to us about the washing of the water of the word, okay? So we got to wash with the word. we got to wash with water in a natural and we've got to do everything we can to detox. (laughs) All right, you with me still? All right. Now, we must continually cleanse ourselves in all these areas if we are to be healthy and of a sound mind. Now, this is where I want to get to today. All of this is important, but this is where I want to get to. This is very, very important. With the times we're living in, And the kinds of material that we are dealing with and the kind of truth that we are dealing with. It becomes important for you and I to understand. Or if we know to make sure we stay on top of how we protect ourselves and walk in the power and the protection of almighty God. There are things that the Bible tells us about. What what we have a right to as being kept by his power. Now, this is very important because, you know, the more I look into things, the more I study stuff, the more crazy I see the devil is and the people that are walking with him. And we're in crazy times right now. We think maybe 10 years ago was crazy, but it's crazier now. And, you know, should time things go on five years from now, it's going to be even crazy because the Bible tells us that wicked people and seducers are going to get worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. So we just we're in for the ride and we got to know how to handle ourselves. Now, if you are a true believer, I'm not talking about one who's half stepping. If you're a true believer. (laughs) And you really want the fullness of God for your life and you want to be effective in touching other people's lives. You're going to have to learn how to take care of yourself and afford yourself of the protection that God says belongs to you. All right. Now, if you just go play games, you know, well, you know, it's not going to make a whole lot of difference. But if you're serious, you need to take this seriously. I take this very, very seriously. All right. We must learn and or reinforce what we understand about our divine protection. There are scriptures that we must both ponder and declare out loud. Ponder and declare out loud. Notice ponder and declare out loud. <laughs> OK, got to let them roll around. we got to meditate on them. They have to revolve around in the mind. But we also need to declare them out loud. There are times I walk around my house. There are times I'll go out into the street, take my Bible or some index cards with me. And I will just proclaim what the word of God says out loud in the airwaves and stick it out there from my mouth, from the Bible. Because it's important. Not too long ago, and we've had this happen. I mean, the devil is such a punk. He'll wait till people go to sleep at night and come around, you know, with his, his challenges with wind and storms and stuff like that. And all of these things are not things that come from nature. They're things that are asked. Weather can be manipulated. And I mean, I never it's been a long time since I heard crazy wind like I heard one night. And, you know, get up the next morning and the, the, the trash can is not even turned over. But there are certain things that I'm going to declare around my household, church, people I love, myself, my own life. They are very very important. Psalm 91, of course, most of us are familiar with Psalm 91. But let's take a little stroll through there. Remember, we remember we must both ponder and declare these things out loud. Both are important. All right? So Psalm 91, let's Kind of scroll through there. I don't know how it is with you, but when you when I open the Bible now or look at the scriptures, it's like they just kind of just pop, stuff is just popping out of them, blowing up, getting big and easy to see. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you feel, but I, this is what I'm saying. All right. He says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I noticed he said, I will say of the Lord. That's what The psalmist said, I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. So that's what the word says. That's what the psalmist said. So I say, I will say of you, Lord, you're my refuge, you're my fortress, you're my God, and you will I trust. Nothing hard at it, is it? that's not hard, is it? Solomon said it, all right, we should do the same. Then he said, surely, 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 surely. Not maybe, surely. Now I'm stuck right here for a moment because sometimes what happens in, in Christendom, is we let what happens to other people affect what we will believe from the word of God. We might say, well, so-and-so got killed, so-and-so died, so-and-so got martyred. Okay, that may be a fact, but let me let me ask a question. What are you going to do when you put your face in the mirror of the word and what are you going to receive and declare for yourself in spite of what happened to somebody else? I'm not making light of things that may happen to other people. What I'm saying is when it comes down to you and I, we have a personal thing with God, with this word and what we receive from it depends on what, what kind of integrity we believe God has in his word for us personally. Life's experiences do not change the Bible. You can see me and you're not going to see me, but you can see me drop dead right now. That don't change what God said. It won't change a thing about what is written. And So we have to become accustomed to that. Whatever is written is what stands no matter what happened to anybody else's life. All right. So. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence, or the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You Now look, check this out. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Of course, there are guns and bullets and bombs and uh, let's see what else, drones.) <laughs> Drones. Okay. So I'm saying th- th- this is very serious. What I'm talking about here. They, it doesn't matter what the weapons are. Right. All right. He said, nor the pestilence, verse six, that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Oh, now check that out. Check that out. He said, it'll not come near you. Now, it's cool to be delivered from something that comes at you. Right. But he said the promise is available that it won't even get near you. Amen. Come on, now, all I'm doing is reading the Bible. Yeah. That's all I'm doing is reading the Bible. We do with it whatever you want to do with it. I'm just reading the word. This is what the Bible says. <laughs> He said, it'll not come near you, O Lord. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Now, check this out. No evil shall befall you nor shall any plague nor shall any plague come near. Come on now, near your dwelling. Look at that. Sounding to me like there's a shield around this cat here. And something come hit it, just Amen. can't get near you. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because you said he set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With a long life, will I, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, there's something for everybody there, no matter what situation you're in. Maybe you are in the midst of trouble. He said he'll deliver you. Maybe you're in a place where you believe it won't touch you. There's something there for you, too. No matter where you are where we are, there's something here from God that affords and provides protection and safekeeping. Amen. We have to revolve this around in our mind and our thinking, and then we need to speak these words out from our mouths. Isaiah 54, from verse 13. There are lots in the Scripture. I'm, just, I'm giving you four of them today that are meaningful to me and that I do my best to keep up with on a constant basis. Isaiah 54, verse 13. And all your children shall be taught by the Lord. So if you have children, let me ask you a question. Why are you worrying about your church children? Why are you worrying? Why worry about your children? We're going to look at something a little bit later on and they'll show you why we don't need to worry about our children and why worrying will get us in trouble. See, so we can take this word here and say, all my children are taught of the Lord and great is the peace of my children. See, we've got to come back, many of us, to a place where we put a lot of trust in and have great understanding of what the scripture has to say to us about what we say from our mouths. What we put in our hearts and what we say with our mouths. The Bible is full of this, and we can't lose sight of that. And if we have, we've got to get it back and start proclaiming things, declaring things that the Bible says. All right? we can speak this over our children if you haven't. All my children are taught of the Lord. And great is the peace of my children. But, so, but you don't know what my baby doing. I, ain't, I, I didn't read that in here. I just read here, God said, and all your children shall be taught by the Lord even when you're not around. <laughs> even when you can't get them on the phone or track them, (laughs) they'll be taught of you and greater be their peace. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression for you shall not fear. But now notice there's a connection here. Established in righteousness. It's very important to be established in righteousness. Very important to be established in righteousness. Say established, please. Alright? That means perpendicular. Yeah, that, that that means solid, fixed. See? A lot of times we'll hear people and even preachers talking about sin and we shouldn't sin and, and, and preaching against sin and preaching holiness and all that's wonderful stuff. However, if you don't teach people righteousness and people are not taught and become established in righteousness, some of the other stuff that you may be saying may be good, but it's going to bring condemnation and guilt. Because if you're just trying to do and not do, and you don't understand what it means to be established in righteousness, you're going to have issues. So much of so how you know that. Well, 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-four says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. Oh. Oh. So if I wake up to righteousness, if I wake up to my right standing, I wake up to the fact that I am the righteousness of God, then those are the things that are going to affect my actions. But if I just try to fight against sin and struggle against sin without understanding being established in righteousness, I'm going to come short. Hallelujah. You with me here? Okay. That, that little parenthetical thought is good. Okay. Okay. So in righteousness, you shall be established. Oh, boy. You shall be far from oppression. Why? For you shall not fear. See, so if you're established in righteousness and you're established in love, it's going to do a lot about fear having place in your life. All right, now, come on down. Mm-hmm. You shall not Fear. And from terror. Oh, Lord, here we go again. For it shall not come near you. Do you think I'm near you right now? Am I near you right now? I'm really, really near you right now. I'm close up and personal. <laughs> OK. <laughs> and so what are you saying here? But it, it, these things establish established in our lives. Okay. All I'm doing is reading the Bible. Just read the Bible. Read the Bible. All right. Still with me? Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Then here's this one. I love this one right here. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Boy, I shoot that one out of my mouth. You You gather together or assemble against me, you're going to fall for my sake. All you devils, you're going to fall for my sake. And if you're in people that try to get me, you're going to fall for my sake. So it'd be wise for you, don't come against me. Don't come against me with your weapons. Don't come against me with your mouth in Jesus' name. Somebody say, how can you talk like that? You better learn to talk like that. (laughs) Yes. Because let me tell you something. We got a Second Amendment in our land, and that's wonderful. And everybody that that wants to should partake of that right. But I'm going to tell you what. Somebody's got a gun bigger than yours. Somebody's got explosives bigger than yours. And so if your trust is only in what you're packing, somebody's got something bigger. And the only thing that will keep you is what God says. See, I ain't telling you don't, 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 don't have your weapons. You got everybody, everybody on this land has got a right to it. The Bill of Rights tells you you have a right to that. And so if somebody's trying to take it from you, that should tell you something. Right. But even with that, keep your stuff. You got a right to. But your trust, our trust needs to be in what God is saying to us in this book. Amen. Because whether somebody's piece is bigger than yours or you get 14 against you and you only won, what are you going to do? You better have something bigger and the greater that you can have is the presence of the Most High. If he said a thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, look at that. you you'd only one, but a thousand, 10,000. Hmm, me? 1,000? 10,000. Hmm. Seem like I'd be outnumbered, but that's not what God said. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right now. So, whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Behold, I've created the blacksmith who blow, blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the, the spoiler who, to destroy. No, 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 no weapon, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Now, you don't think you should take that and put it in your mouth? I'm taking it and put it in my mouth and I'm keeping it in there. No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I condemn it. This is Oh, Lord, it's inheritance notice this, their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So you don't even have to depend on your own righteousness. You just roll over and lean on the righteousness of God. Now let me ask you a question. Who in the spirit realm, Satan, his cousin, I don't care, uncle, mama, none of them can rise up against the righteousness of God. They're getting God's face. They got to deal with his righteousness. They can't do nothing with that. And here God says, your righteousness is of me. So I'm going to ask a question, who? Who? <laughs> who? Going to be able to stand against that if you and I lay hold of it in the name of Jesus. Another scripture. Okay, let's go over to Psalm 103. Oh, this is another good one. I tell you, these are four that are important to me. I'm sharing them with you. Psalm one hundred and five. Did I say one hundred three? I meant one hundred and five. Yeah, one five. Yeah, it should be Psalm one five. Yeah, that's one. One through five is good. Nineteen and twenty are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, now this is God. He was talking, you know, about his people out there in the wilderness and how they you know, when they were on their way to where God meant for them to get to. But anyway, there's some things about this that I thought was so, so cool because he talked about what he did for them. In, let's start with verse 12. When they were but a few men in number, yes, very true, few and strangers in it. When they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, no, we saw this in Abraham's life. We saw it in Isaac and Jacob's life, too. Yeah. We said when they were, went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, look at this. He suffered no man to do them wrong. Yes, he reproved kings for their sakes. Yeah. Saying, uh-oh. Now, we're talking about God talking to people, even kings. Touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. So now, it's cool, I can be talking, but guess what? When God's voice starts rising up against your enemies, and he said, don't touch that one. Don't you touch that one. He might visit them in the night season. Keep your hands off of that one. Or you might be on your way to try and do me harm. He said, you better not touch him. Mm -hmm. Do my prophets no harm. I I think that's a pretty good security guard. (laughs) Touch not mine anointed and do my prophet. Now, this is God talking. All right. All right. Luke 10, verse 19 is another one. This is the fourth one. (laughs) <laughs> Lord, this is too much, too, too much. See, we just we got to come to a place in our lives where we, we got we to gotta have our heads just stop fighting the word of God. So many times we want to figure things out carnally and we want to try to reason things and, you know, make it work by reason. We just have to receive what God says and trust it. Let it roll around and let it come out of our mouths and then let the God chips fall where they may. <laughs> Hallelujah. Luke 10 verse 19. Jesus said, "Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you." I'm going to read this from the amplified too. "Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions" and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you. I'm going to let that roll around. Nothing mm-hmm. shall in any means harm Nothing shall harm you. Nothing shall harm Did you hear that? This is what God I said. I'm, I'm just reading the Bible. So it, it, it becomes up to us as to what we're going to do with that. Will I embrace it? Make it a part of my life? Or will say, man, that's just too good to be true. And uh, I'm seeing people drop like flies left and right and all over the place. You know, how can that be? Get out the reason realm. Get out of there. Get in the faith realm and stay there and say, this is what you said, Lord. Come on now. All right. Now, I'm going to finish with this today. We have to keep this in mind. We are in a war of Words. This is something that I don't think many of us really keep in mind or understand. We have a little bit of understanding from it from our side. And the way that God operates, for instance, Isaiah 55, 11 tells us, God says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. So we know God operates by His word. We know Psalm one hundred three nineteen says, "Bless the Lord, you His angels, that excel in strength, that do His commandments, listening to, or hearkening to the voice of His word." All right. So God speaks; He does things by the word. And of course, we're supposed to follow suit. Amen. But we don't realize, it, I don't think, enough that our enemy is forming words against us. We're in a word war. Okay, here's some scriptures. Psalm 12, 1 through 4. We won't read all of these. We'll probably make read maybe three of these. Psalm 12, verses 1 through 4. See, when, when you realize this, And we talk about something like protection. When we realize what we're going to these things we're going to read here, we're going to realize even more how important it is for us to be declaring what God says from our mouths about our peace, our safety and our protection. Because we got devils out there working through people who are shooting arrows, word arrows against us with their mouths. Because they understand some things. And even if they don't, the devil understands and he knows what he's got to do to combat what God has said. Okay, Psalm 12, verses 1 through 4. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor. With flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things who have said with our tongue will we prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? That's what the wicked are saying. (laughs) That's what they're saying. Saying. Who have said With our tongue will we prevail in the power of the tongue. You said it. So they're saying with our tongue we will prevail. In other words, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to take America down. I'm going to take the church down. We're going to squash the church. We're going to mess all over. We're going to shut them down. And then we go like we're little prisoners and shut our churches down and don't say nothing against it. Not here we don't. Some of you think I'm picking a fight. I'm not picking a fight with flesh and blood. I'm sticking out something in the airwaves that needs to be out in the airwaves. That's all I'm doing. So these cats said, we we said with our tongue will we prevail. Our lips are our own. They won't even submit themselves to the fact that God has right to ownership over their lives. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Ooh, Lord. Next scripture. Psalm 2, 1 through 5. See, something's going to happen from here on in with some of our lives, because now as we read the Bible and we go through the scriptures, this kind of knowledge is going to start popping out. us. We're going to realize, okay, you know, the wicked do use their words. Huh. Look at that. I thought, you know, we just had to be responsible for understanding that we as God's people need to speak. No, this is the way they're operating. Psalm two, one through five. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Or why do they meditate on a vain thing? Why do they mutter? Why do they let revolve around in their mind? Just like God told us. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall do what? Meditate therein day and night. You shall mutter it. You shall revolve it around in your mind. Mm -hmm. All right. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. I might kind of stick this in here. Ephesians 2, 6 says we've been raised up together, made to sit together with him. Seems like we all be laughing too, Seems like. Anyway, just threw that in there. He that sits in the heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. In other words, I'm going open my mouth now, and I'm going to tell you all a little something. This is what God's saying. All right? Proverbs 11, 11. Proverbs 11, 11. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. So we should speak and declare blessing over our city, over our nation, not curse it. Speak blessing over other people. Not curse them, and give God the opportunity to work with our words to bless the stuff that we open our mouth on and speak. Now, dominion and authority are expressed through our anointed words. We should be confessing and declaring the same things that the Lord has said. check this out. The ungodly are only able to prevail when the righteous fail. To use their authority. Now, there's a little situation that we I, I, I skipped over here, but there's something that happened in Job's life. And actually, there's something that, that we need to be cognizant of. And the reason we talk about these words here is because what God is looking for us to do, or is looking to do with and for us, to ha- is to have a hedge. Protection around our lives. Now, in the book of Job, let's read from chapter one, and let's, let's read from verse five. No, no, verse six. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said to Satan, where you come from? And Satan answered the Lord and said, and I'm going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down in it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? A perfect and an upright man, one that fears God and eschews evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge about him and about his house and all that he has on every side? You bless the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Now notice, this is what the devil's saying. He's it's obvious that he, he, he you know he tried to do something, right? Because he said, Well, you you this ain't fair, God, you know. I didn't try to get to him, but he got a hedge around him. <laughs> he 1st thing come up in the presence of God and say, okay, I'm walking around, do whatever I want to do, checking stuff out. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? And he said, yeah, I consider him. I can't get to him. Mm-hmm. You got a hedge around him. Mm-hmm. And he blessed everything he had. You see, there was, there was a little chink in Job's armor, though. Yeah. And this is important for us to understand. He said, well, what Satan says, put forth your hand, he said "It's to God now, and touch all that he has, and he'll curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only upon himself put not forth your hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Now, many people mistakenly think that what God did is said, okay, I'm giving you authority over Job. It's not what he said. He actually was enlightened to something. But he didn't understand. I'm going to show you why. we go back up to chapter 1 here and start reading from verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 asses, and a very great household, so that this man was greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now, this is what some people do with their children, too. Job was, was scared that, you know, maybe my children done something wrong. We don't see that where they did anything wrong. They were feasting, having a good time. We don't see that anything wrong. But what he was doing... Was trying to make sure, man, I better cover all these bases. So I'm just going to keep offering these sacrifices over and over and over and over and over again. And we find an answer to Job out of his own mouth in Job 325. We see here when they start this conversation with these cats started, what he said there is the thing that I have so greatly feared is what has come upon See, so here's what fear will do for somebody. Even if you got a hedge up, fear will tear that joker down. So it don't matter whether it's our children or anything else. What we want to do is stay in faith in God's word. And not going about doing things based on being afraid of what's going to happen. This negative. And see, this is what's going on all around us right now. This is what's going on all around us right now. There have been words that have been released, and the majority of people at the present time on this land and really most of the nations on the earth are walking in fear of something. Oh, should I say this? It ain't even as real as you think it is. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to tell you, we got to get smart. First, got to realize what the, the way the enemy operates. He's going to shoot fear at you. He's going to shoot fear darts at you. And you know where them fear darts come from? They come from people speaking it out. That's what happened. There's a virus going around. And you better protect yourself. Put on a mask. And a mask that won't even keep it from you. But put it on. If it's there. But put on a mask. We're in a box that will tell you it won't even protect you from the thing. But put it on. So we get to walking around in fear. Well, guess what happens when you walk in fear? Something's going to get you. And the way this thing is designed, just like with Job bringing it on himself, if we walk in fear, you're going to bring it on yourself. You know what you're going to do? You're going to bust up, break down, and weaken your own immune system. And then later on, it's going to look like it was some coronavirus. going to look like it was. Folks, this is one of the biggest hoaxes that's been pulled on people in this country, let alone the country, almost the whole world right now. And all of it comes out of fear. Something's going to get me. Folks, I'm going to tell you, I know people have a challenge with what I'm saying right now, but I'm just telling you, you you're going to have to step over and think spiritually. Be spiritually minded. I'm not wearing their mask when I go shop. I definitely ain't wearing it in my own car, in my own house. How dumb is that? And there is no law that tells you you have to do it. I got something for you at the end of service I want to put in your hands. We got to get smart. And we're going to have to get into a place where we are not letting the enemy rule our thinking and rule our lives as believers. And then we're going to have to get involved with the sinners out there and tell them what's going on and challenge them to change. Because this thing is set up to take down all of mankind. And it is particularly set up to take down this nation and the church so the rest of the world becomes easy. And so I keep asking this question, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? What are you going what is the church especially going to do? What are we going to do? Are we just going to roll over and every time we got to go into a store or do some kind of business, we're going to put a mask on? That you don't have to because there is no law that says you have to. Somebody said, but there's an executive order. That's not a law. There's nothing on the books anywhere that says that you have to wear a mask. And then once you start looking into this thing and find out what it's designed to do, then you realize what you must do. Now, if you got a job that you got to deal with it, you've you got to deal with your own self and how you deal with that. But I'm going to tell you what, when you, when you go to these other places, you're going to go shop, you're going to interact with people. you got to make some decisions. I'm tell you something. Might, this might be a challenge to somebody. Stand up for me to ask me, please. Because we do this here in church, and I'm tell you what. Do it out in the street. Oh. <laughs> 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 and I'm finding out that people out in the street, as scared as they are of what's going on, thank you, they want what I just did. And so we're going to have to do something. And if we don't do something, there's nobody else left to do it. Because we got the power. Okay, we got to use it. (laughs) We got to use it. And so it means if you got to pray and ask God for boldness, then do it. Ask him for boldness. It's going to take that in this time. Fortify yourself. Build up yourself. Build up yourself on the inside. Build up yourself in your body. Build up yourself in your mind, your health. Whatever it is you got to do, make yourself strong. But reject fear. Because God didn't give us a spirit of timidity. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on! And I can testify to it. I used to be the skirtest thing around, boy, Not no boy, boy. All right, so Ezekiel 22:30, God even talks about the fact that he looked for a man, looked for somebody that would make up a hedge, stand in the gap. 22:30 30 and 31. See, so this hedge thing is real important to God, and it's important to us. Their hedges are recognized. Walls in the spirit are recognized. And so many times we put too much confidence in the flesh. Not that we should not be responsible, but many times we put too much confidence in the flesh and what we can do with our own natural power as opposed to what we can have built up around us in the realm of the spirit. Just like Job had it, just like God invited people to stand up and build one. We should be taking that seriously where our own lives are concerned. We don't need to just hope that something good will happen or hope to be protected. We need to speak and declare what God says. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians thirteen, thirteen, I believe it is, that now abideth these three faith. Hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. Notice, these three things, they're great. There are reciprocal forces of each of those. When we talk about love, let's start from the bottom and work our way up. Love, you know what the the opposite of that or the challenge to love is? It's fear, fear. exactly. Fear and hatred goes along with that. If we come up, we got hope. Well, what is contradictory to that? Despair or fear? What's going to happen to me? Here it is again. There you go. Faith. What's the opposite of it? Unbelief, doubt, and fear. So fear is attached to everything that is the opposite of those three things. So... (laughs) God tells us perfect love Cast out fear. Fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. So what does that mean? Is he talking about the love I walk in? No, primarily he's talking about how much I believe God loves me. If I believe that he loves me, he'll never leave me, never forsake me, he's given me a word to speak and to stand on and put out. If I believe and trust in that, then you know what? There's no reason to be afraid of anything. That's right. All right. Let's get done. We're done. Let's pray together. (laughs) Lord, thank you for your goodness. And thank you for what you have called us to do with and alongside you. For the scripture calls us laborers together with you. And so we keep focused, Lord God, of our call as believers to work with you in what you're doing in the earth right now. As you help us, we fortify ourselves. And we stay before you each day, washing with your word. And we stay before you each day, allowing you to teach us how to take care of these temples of the Holy Spirit. So that nobody can check us out and we don't check ourselves out. And so we say, right now, Lord, teach us. Teach us, remind us what to do with our minds, what to do with our bodies. And what to do to edify ourselves on the inside so that the real us can rise to the ascendancy and affect our mind and our thinking and our actions. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the place you've given us. And as we're before you right now, we ask and believe you for boldness. That we may stand for everything that the kingdom of God stands for right now thank you for anointings on it in our lives oh god and in the name of jesus wherever it is that we are wherever in this world and this cosmos that you have called us to be we're thanking you for boldness right now in the name of jesus that we may demonstrate the love the power and the authority of the kingdom of god wherever we are And we thank you for the word that you've given us that as we do that with you, no evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come near our dwelling that we will tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and that nothing shall by any means hurt us. And our protection and our safekeeping will become a testimony to those who would attempt to do us harm and those who are bystanders on the side watching. They'll see that the glory of God is on our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I pray today over my brothers and sisters as we are here together. In the name of Jesus, may the words that you have shared with us today be big, mighty, strong. May they expand on the inside of us in our hearts and in our minds. Remind us, Holy Spirit, of the words that you have shared with us that they may have root inside of us. And we may glorify you together in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to thank you for listening to today's message. For additional messages and as a way for Pastor Nick to bless you with vital information, downloads, and gifts, please visit our website at myclcc.com. We invite you to join us again next week for The Word with Pastor Nick.